0: Friends, welcome to WrestleBuddies, GameSpot's wrestling podcast about friendship, wrestling, and wrestling with friendship. I'm GameSpot News Entertainment editor Matt Elfring, and with me is my closest wrestle buddy, Chris Hayner, the editor of GameSpot Entertainment. Hey, Chris. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? I am uh, living the American dream, and that dream is podcasting on a Thursday. In a dimly lit room. I'm looking at you now, yeah. and it is very, it seems like it's nighttime outside, but I know it's not. I have blackout curtains in my uh, office, which I don't know why I have them. Because <laughs> you're a vampire. I think because like, we son have, used we, to not, take have naps we not gone over that yet. You're a vampire. I'm a vampire. No, my son used to take naps in here. So I think that's why we had them. Mm-hmm. So and I just don't care. There's not a lot of light that comes into this room, even if I open them. So it doesn't matter. OK, well, still, you're a vampire. Uh, anyways, this is Wrestle Buddies. It is a wrestling podcast for people that like wrestling, love wrestling, or are new to wrestling. You're all welcome to come and hang out. Absolutely. We are here to talk about the things in pro wrestling that we find fun. Some of it's good. Some of it's so bad it's good. All of it is somehow entertaining. I love that this is the first time in uh, 10 episodes we've explained what the show is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, we recorded before we started the podcast. Uh, we recorded a pilot that you will never ever hear. No, uh, in which we <laughs> explained what the show was. Did we do that on the first episode of the show you did hear? No, no, you get but, the gist of but it. But who cares? Listen, yeah. you get we're a show that talks about Robocop and Chucky uh, and how they somehow pertain to professional wrestling. That's all you need to know. Speaking of which, Matt, um, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. I proposed a new mini segment of the week. Yes. Uh, it is Robocop's fun facts where we let the people know things about Robocop. They might not know. I'm, I'm into this. Let's get this segment started. Robocop fun fact of the week. Number one, the premier edition, Matt, did you know Robocop was a founding member of TNA's aces and eights motorcycle club alongside the likes of bully Ray, uh, Devon Dudley, uh, Mr. Anderson, I think uh, D'Lo Brown, yeah. and like I, Eric Bischoff's kid. Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Did I, I hear this right? Yes, that the fictional character RoboCop. Yes. Was on TNA. Yeah, he was the sergeant at arms. He was... Okay, so I don't know if you remember this. When uh, TNA first introduced Aces and Eights, they were all under like masks and like heavy so yeah. You could see who they were. Uh, RoboCop just stayed under it. He was the one at the end of the run that was still wearing a mask. But I'm telling you guys, it was RoboCop. It was RoboCop. Well, then, yeah. that's your RoboCop fun fact for the week. He was in Aces and Eights. Huh. He rode a police motorcycle. Man. <laughs> That's a good way to kick off the show. Another good way to kick off the show, guys, is to go over to iTunes and read and review us. We put this in at the end of every show. But if you're like me listening to podcasts, as soon as that outro music comes out, you check out. I listen to the end of podcasts, but I realize I might be an anomaly. I do 100% say go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes, whether you like the show or not. It helps people find it. Or if you don't like the show, you give us a bad review. Avoid it rightfully. Uh, but yeah, if, you can, li- if you're if you still listening to the show week after week and don't like us, just find something else. Also, if you're still li- listening to the show week after week and don't like us, like I want to talk to you because I'm fascinated and you could end up on a segment of Wrestle Buddies if I have my <laughs> way. I hate the show. Mini segment. I'm not. So a, I'm not opposed to that. No, I'm for that. Yeah. If you hate the show and you just had this sunk lost fallacy going on in your brain sunk cost fallacy just i want to know why just why anyway Uh, we got some great segments coming up this week chris what's going on oh matt i don't know if you know this there's been a whole lot happening in the world of professional wrestling this week we're not talking about any of it because instead we (laughs) have bigger better topics to discuss and that includes a personal favorite of mine something i've been excited to talk about since we first conceived of this podcast and Mm -hmm. something we're finally tackling today on big old episode 10. And that is Hulk Hogan's pasta mania. That's right. Hulk Hogan one time owned a mall pasta restaurant for no apparent reason. I learned so much about it in researching. I will tell you this. It already beats WWF New York when it comes to themed menu items. Before we get into it, I just have a quick question. Was yes, the tagline was the tagline for the restaurant "Bon Appetit," brother? <laughs> no, but oh my god, it should have been, <laughs> especially since like the logo for the restaurant is Hulk Hogan holding a plate of spaghetti like a waiter and wearing a chef's hat. Oh man, I'm going to have so many questions during oh, this. It's great. Uh, we will also do something a little bit different. We're going to be sharing some of our own personal experiences. Matt, this was your idea. We're going to be talking about stories in which we embarrass ourselves in front of pro wrestlers. I, I only added this segment because um, I was trying to figure out what my segment was for this week, and uh, I didn't want to do Wrestling 101 again this week. Fair. And so we're we're going to talk about the times we humiliated ourselves in front of pro wrestlers. I have no problem telling my story. My t- the two main stories I have of how I embarrassed. I find it embarrassing. I don't know if you will all find it, but I for myself find it embarrassing. I have one kind of uh, that I'll let you be the judge on how embarrassing okay. it actually is. Uh, but before all that, we're actually going to do your, the, your actual segment this week. Yes. This is a thing you've been dying to talk about for over a year now. And finally, <laughs> has the show been on for <laughs> over a year. No, but you've been telling me if we ever do a wrestling podcast, I'm going to talk about DDT Pro Wrestling. DDT yes. Pro is a comedy wrestling federation based out of Japan. We saw them together last WrestleMania in New York, and it was magical. But, Matt, I'm going to let you take it away and go with the DDT. Let's let's get on a plane. Oh, I should have said that. Let's get on a bus and just drive right to Japan, guys. How, how? How is that going to work? Oh, wait. Hold on. my This alarm is about to go off. Hold on. What is that? That's my my smoke and carbon monoxide detector doing its monthly test. Oh what a brilliant time for that to happen. I'm keeping that in. Oh really you're keeping this in the podcast I'm keeping I think the people need to know how grounded and down to earth I am that you, I a, ch- you that you have a self-testing carbon monoxide <laughs> detector. That's very very every man Matt you know like not, what I, not <laughs> only I have four of them in the house Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was saying you have a kid you have to protect yourself from things like that but like how much did you pay for those Mr. Monopoly it's their nest so they're uh, listen when you have a kid I had crappy cheap smoke detectors in the house but like right before we had the kid we're like uh everything's terrifying actually if right after we had the kid everything is terrifying you're constantly afraid your kid's gonna die because that's what you do as a parent because you don't know what you're doing because parenting is not a thing you're just kind of born with Mm -hmm. um so we we just bought a bunch of nests and uh they're great but yeah they do sound checks and they alert your phone when like there's a fire they have bluetooth connectivity these every man carbon yes. monoxide detectors of yours yeah yeah they do. I can I can't wait to hear your segue back into Japanese comedy wrestling well um uh I haven't uh, uh take the bus over to Japan <laughs> stinger <laughs> I'm glad we wasted the first 10 minutes of this episode heck yes oh boy let's let's talk about DDT broker, shall we yes let's do it this is this is dramatic dream team is that is the company is that what it stands for dramatic dream team it doesn't stand for ddt the wrestling move which is actually damien's one of my favorite time. wrestling moves damien's dinner time right damien's dinner time uh it's an indie wrestling wrestling it's an indie wrestling company in japan uh obviously japan's most notable uh promotions are uh new japan wrestling all japan wrestling i'd say probably like DDT's third place. And then I'd say Dragon Gate. I don't even know Dragon Gate's still a thing anymore. I know Dragon Gate had an American offshoot. No, Dragon Gate has to be a thing because Pac was champion like a year and a half ago. Wasn't he champion of Dragon Gate USA? Yes. I honestly don't know. Who knows anymore? Too many companies. So it was created in 1997. And and DDT, while it's known for comedy, it really does combine the japanese style of wrestling uh, along with like the kind of deathmatch style of wrestling and uh american sports entertainment and when i think about all the japanese companies i know it's the only one that really adds that aspect of american wrestling to it well even though it's completely a parody of it oh it's absolutely a parody of it and i i knew a little bit about ddt before we saw them but not mm-hmm. nearly as much and i was blown away i was like this is Perfect. There's, there's, we'll talk about a few moments a little bit later in the series. There's not too much history to go over here. I'm not, I'm not getting into Dungeon of Doom style with this, guys. Let's be honest. I don't have the time. Does DDT Pro exist in a haunted cave? (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, so again, what sets it apart is the comedy. Um, I'd like to talk about some of the match types really quickly. Uh, there was a fight on a subway, a train match. Uh, there was a match outside of the Tokyo Dome. And inside the Tokyo Dome on a baseball field. And this is years before AEW's like stadium stampede. Oh, take that inner circle. I I guess. (laughs) Uh, There was an office match, which is a ring set up to look like a workplace office. Oh, that's awesome. And then there's the video I sent to you this morning uh, called a silent match. Yep. And the silent match I sent you was uh, Nosawa versus Muscle Sakai. Muscle Sakai comes up later, by the way. It's actually like you're not allowed to make noise even if your body hits the floor or you get um uh you get flags. You get flags. The referee has flags and he waves if you make a noise. It blows a whistle. I don't know if that means you you get a point deducted or you get a what? point deducted, and and when you lose three points, the other person wins. Jesus Christ. Uh so the announcers are whispering during the entire match, <laughs> yeah. which is the so call, good. The commentary's like, and then he's got a power bomb. But it's in Japanese, so I have yeah. no idea what they're saying. Uh, the referee is also shushing people in the audience that laugh at the match. <laughs> uh, oh, it's art! But even though I even though it's all in Japanese and you really don't have any idea what's going on, the match storytelling wise is amazing. It's so well done that you don't need to speak Japanese to understand what's going on. Uh, Nosawa is very upset that he's in this match Uh, because he wants to make noise and they can't like chop each other in the chest so you have to very slowly do it uh and i'm just going to spoil the whole match match for you we're going to post on instagram i think not instagram uh twitter Twitter. we'll post on the twitters too when this comes out uh nosawa gets very upset at the match and the ref and uh muscle sakai give him uh, (laughs) give him like a massage and sit him down in the middle of the ring to calm him down. Mm-hmm. Then his manager brings him some water or a clear liquid to drink. He starts drinking it. And as this match is going on, like uh Nasawa's looking a little hurt, like something's going on with the stomach. You cut to the manager outside the ring. The liquid he drank was uh expired. Oh no. So he's having uh Nasawa's having very bad stomach issues. He's about to beat Muscle Sakai. Uh but he ends up farting, which makes in the ripples, the wind whistle, and he loses the match. It's so good. I know this sounds like an animated show. It's it not. This is a live-action wrestling program. That- and one thing that that Callie said to us like off-air yesterday, because she's not a huge wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a huge anime fan. And she's like, the moment that I got wrestling, I understood what it was about. Was when someone I watched something and I just realized that it's it's anime for the West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Japan's not the West, Japan's where anime's from, but American wrestling is very much just anime. It's soap operas. It's soap opera, yeah. It's soap opera. Yeah. Uh there's one thing that we can talk about, Chris. Yeah. Uh weapons matches. Oh boy. Good, because I have some favorite weapons. Go ahead. Uh so weapons matches are each competitor picks. It's either five or six weapons that come out in like one, one or two minute increments during this match. Yep. Um So some of the things that can come to the ring that uh, Chris will not be mentioning are like a uh, plastic containers. Uh, we saw, we saw someone get slammed onto a plastic container and it yes. exploded into yes. so many <laughs> tiny pieces. Like, I'm sure it didn't hurt as much as, say, a table or a chair, but visually it was so impressive to watch this, like, container store container just explode on contact. There there was one match. Uh, it was president of the company, Senshiro Tagagi, Takagi, uh, fighting somebody else, and the whole ring was just filled with plastic containers. It was amazing. Oh, man. That's... Um, some of the other weapons that we saw were uh, Legos, uh, mm-hmm. a toilet, a toilet where you dunk the head. You'd like no water in the toilet, but you still dump someone's head into the toilet. They <laughs> got DDT'd into the toilet. Yep. <laughs> Uh, a Not, bike that was my favorite one. Someone, I still have the video. They, they rode. Of they got a mountain bike in the ring. They rode it in circles around the ring and then into someone. And that yeah. was that was the horrible. One. They're going maybe one mile per hour. It's going so slow, but it's so satisfying. Maybe I'll post some of these videos as well on our insta Instagram on our Twitter. Please, because uh, I have tons of video from when we went and saw DDT. Because uh, so we also- were freaking out the entire time. I was in tears the entire time the show was going on. Not just like that weapons match. Mm -hmm. Some of your weapons were like Hulk Hogan impersonator, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura impersonator, who I thought was real because he was so good. There was a hot second where we were like, wow, WWE cleared Shinsuke Nakamura for the show. And then you realize, oh, that's not Shinsuke Nakamura. That's just an incredibly talented impersonator of Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Sometimes a weapon can be a competitor's wife, which I've seen once or twice now. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorites was uh, uh, was Senshiro's opponent picked. uh, He was fighting uh, Dino and Dino picked his uh, Rolex watch as a weapon. (laughs) And he brought the the watch was brought to the ring and Dino just smashed it. That was it. It's terrible. Uh, So speaking of some of these competitors from DDT, DDT's gimmicks are over the top um, at times, very offensive uh, mainly to Western audiences. I'm sure to audiences in Japan as well. Senshiro Takagi, uh, he's the president of DDT and he's also a stone cold in person. He's like Japan's (laughs) stone cold. Yeah, And it's not like he's trying to like, he's flat out ripping the gimmick off and like mm-hmm. he wears the black trunks. He has leg braces. Sometimes he puts both arms in the air. You know, he drinks beer. It's there's no bones about it. It's stone cold. Right. Uh, so the most notable performer, um, I'm sorry, the most notable human performer in DDT. Thank you for that. Uh, is is Shuko Dino. Uh, he is an over overly sexual homosexual stereotype. It is extremely offensive uh denshuko actually means homosexual in japanese there is a a really good vice tv series called the wrestlers that covers ddt pro and they they spend a lot of time with dino talking to dino who actually is a gay wrestler um he doesn't find it offensive um it, it it's offensive but he's not a heel he's a he's a face character to me when we saw yeah. him he took so much joy in his character and what he was yeah. doing that like you wanted to cheer him on, but he's also doing things that like would be, would be considered like offensive gay stereotypes. Yeah. He, every man like turns him on essentially. Uh, he gets very excited when like a guy takes his shirt off to get ready to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, his entrance was 45 minutes long at coming to America. The show. Oh, he oh went my to. God. It he was, was so running long. around the entire venue, kissing anybody he could on the lips. Yep, I anybody. could not stop. Like it was just, that entrance like it's a dude that's so excited there's so many people like excited to see him and he just starts like it was really really funny to me also we were watching it with a crowd of american fans who had purchased essentially tickets to like a pack of wrestling shows yeah and honestly i'm willing to bet many of them had no experience with ddt pro at all and had no idea what was happening yeah i I do want to say though as wrestling audiences as a whole from the 90s to now have become a lot more progressive, a lot more accepting. So while something like this during uh, uh, Attitude Era would, you know, you'd see wrestling fans say typical garbage you think they would say. I think now that the culture is a lot more accepting. And while the, again, it's an offensive stereotype, uh, people love the character and they don't, they're not laughing at him. You know, it's a, it's so hard to explain that character. if You haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know how to properly explain. I just know that like that performer has really honed in on what the character is to him. And like he, he plays it like a fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His finisher is a pile driver, but he puts your head in his tights. Yep. That, I mean, that says it all. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about this very, very briefly. Um, and again, there's a lot going on in the speaking out movement, as we mentioned a few weeks ago. One of the uh, wrestlers that has been accused of uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault is Joey Ryan. And Joey Ryan, his career blew up in DDT yeah. when uh, Dino had him do the uh, the dick flip, his finisher move, where he grabs your penis and he flips you over. Right. And that's that that move went viral, which put Joey Ryan on the map. And also put DDT on the map. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I, it's I hard. Think it's hard. to t- It's hard to talk about DDT pro and sort of its impact on wrestling without mentioning that. that exactly. one little thing. But like, yeah, it's not something I particularly want to talk about, even though Joey Ryan, like two months ago, is my favorite wrestler. It's just. Uh, again, going back to the speaking out movement, please listen, please support. Uh, let's go to my. This was a. Uh, now, the next wrestler uh, is. Here's very the thing, hard. Matt. You said that was your favorite pro wrestler. It's but not like. I know no, the no, trick. Human. Human. Fa- my human, favorite human. Human. Okay. That was the thing. The, before I knew uh, Dino and Joey Ryan, I knew of this character in DDT and mm-hmm. this Yoshihiku. Uh, it is a blow up doll, yep. which is also Muscle Sakai's younger brother, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshihiku has numerous tag or sorry, numerous championships. Uh, one is a singles championship. The other is a six-man tag. I highly, highly recommend checking out Yoshihiku versus Koto Abushi at DDT Pro. It is uh, a testament for how amazing Abushi is as a performer in the ring, uh, as a, even as a singles competitor. Because we've seen Abushi and o- Kenny Omega, you know, the Golden Lovers team up for years and put on some amazing matches, but abushi makes a blow up doll match look real, yeah, because when you fight Yoshihiku, it's obviously all on you to make the match look real. I, I you have to make a blow up doll look like it's beating you up well, and that's another thing I'd like to point out too, like it, it it would be easy to write off DDT as just just a comedy wrestling company. But like when you look at the people who've come through there, including abushi, including Kenny Omega,, uh, yep, like it's hard to like, they they trade in so many different sort of genres of the pro wrestling format yeah. and they do them all so well. Yeah. And I believe that's where, was it CZW got, where, where did Invisible Man originally come from? Was that PWG? It was not PWG. CZW maybe? It might've been CZW. I know it was not a PWG. PWG is the one that I follow closely. Yeah. I know it was not a PWG thing. I mean, without Yoshihiko, and again, I'd have to do the researches on this, but I'm pretty sure DDT kind of originated this idea. Without, I don't think without Yoshihiko, we'd have like Invisible Man or Invisible Stan. Yeah, which if we're not going to have those, what's the point? Exactly. (laughs) By the way, uh, if you are unfamiliar, when I say Invisible Man, Invisible Stan, they are Invisible wrestlers. Yes, they are. They fought each other, and the referee for that match... Was brilliant. I wish the, refer- I knew that man's the referee name. should get like an Emmy. He should. Honestly, <laughs> it was so good. The audience should get an award because the audience was so into that. Look that up: Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Look that up on YouTube. I believe that was a Joey Janela show. Enjoy yourself. I believe you are correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the final uh, wrestler I want to mention from DDT, and again, I could go into the uh, OWE people like Sema and T Hawk. Again, Koto Ibushi, Kenny Omega. Uh, there are some legitimate, brilliant, like, wrestlers in there, you know, primarily within Japanese Strong Style. There is some uh, Lucha Libre in there as well. Um, but again, the highlight for me in DDT really is this comedy stuff. And uh, this brings us to Pokotan, Poto- uh, which is... You, Chris, you know how uh, Japan's cities have adorable mascots? Yes. It's the best thing ever. I highly recommend watching... Uh, the last week tonight episode about uh, she not she John, I forgot the character's name because John Oliver's version is she John. Yes. I, I I also don't remember, him, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, Pokotan is a a Japanese mascot that actually fights, <laughs> and I watched a schoolroom match. I watched in ring matches with uh, Pokotan and uh, it does an amazing drop kick, a beautiful drop kick, in a full giant costume. The thing that I keep reading about and could not find video evidence of anywhere mm-hmm. is that when Pokotan's head gets ripped off, it is revealed that underneath is an evil cybernetic Superman. What are you talking about? I keep reading about that, and I I spent an hour and a half trying to find a video of it, and I could not. I That's just... But, like, it's crazy, but doesn't that sound like DDT? yeah or at least like, uh, what's the other, uh, the Kaiju battles. It sounds like kaiju big kaiju battle. Battles. Yeah. It's yeah. The, yeah. A lot of what DET is doing reminds me of Kaiju big battle, which is uh, an American based company that does just ma- like puts people in massive Kaiju costumes and then puts fake buildings in the ring and essentially has them destroy the city while they fight each other. By the way, Chris, in, in researching this, I found out, um, Chris and I are supposed to go to Kaiju Big Battles uh, show during WrestleMania weekend. Instead, we went to sleep. We went to sleep because the show was at 1 a.m. Yep. I found out later researching for this that there was a crossover DDT Kaiju Big Battle, like three different matches. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should have gone. I was it was so late. So late. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'd like to before we kind of get a little bit more into just our thoughts about DDT. I want to give you an example of um, someone who covers DDT, Mm -hmm. uh, what a match would be like. Um, So here's an example from the show from the dramatic DDT blog. This is quote unquote, something that's happening in the match. This is on the official DDT website. No, this is a blog blog of somebody that covers DDT. Oh, wow. This is even better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So it says, Super Sasadango Machine used his match with Dino, the Dino we've been talking about, to host a PowerPoint presentation about the most powerful forms of sleep techniques. I... Half the match was dedicated to trying out different sleeper holds to see which one was the best, and a PowerPoint proving this true or false. And there was actually a PowerPoint? There was a real PowerPoint, not a Drew Gulak-like, we're going to have a PowerPoint. There was an actual PowerPoint presentation. Oh, that's ma- that's magical. I love it. I want to watch that match more than any match I can think of now. I think that the major issue for me as an American who likes DDT, um, it's the website is not very forgiving to American audiences. You can Google translate, um, but it's DDT is so strictly for Japanese audiences. And I think it may be because like, they don't want to upset Americans because they're making fun of America. They're making fun of WWE. I mean, that's really what it is. It's a parody of what WWE is. Absolutely. But that's what I love about it. Like I love that it's WWE to 11. Yeah. There's room for all kinds of things. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely room for this. Uh, th- there's a subscription service for like nine bucks a month where you can watch all the old DDT matches. They have a YouTube page where you can watch stuff. Um, good luck searching for things it's very, very hard to find what you're looking for because everything's in Japanese. Uh, so again, trying to find a match where a a cute Japanese mascot becomes a cyborg-killing cyborg, cyborg killing Superman. Uh, Jesus. But again, you can find Koto Abushi versus Yoshihiko very, very quickly. And it's, it's worth it. Very much it worth, it. worth it. It is worth it. Um, I also recommend checking out the wrestlers episode about DDT. They do a couple, I think about three episodes on Japanese wrestling. There's one on DDT one on stardom, which is the women's wrestling promotion Mm -hmm. there. I think one on new Japan, I might be making that up. Uh, They do at least two. (laughs) Uh, And the DDT coverage is great. It's a, I mean, the vices show the wrestlers is something I would highly recommend checking out. It covers, uh, we'll do We'll do a segment about that probably at some point. Then Not I'll have to show. actually, I've never seen it. So really, it's fantastic. I highly, highly just go to the DDT one. I was like, then... I don't know how to watch vice shows. Uh, and I'm a T I'm a TV critic. I'm like, I don't know. Can they send me screeners? Yeah. <laughs> well, that show ended. It <laughs> What's vice? Like a- it ran one season, I think, and then it ended. No, oh, that's a bummer. That's Vice, my has, fault. Vice has uh, Dark Side of the Ring, that show I like and hate at the same time. I've watched one episode of that now, the Owen Hart episode. The Owen I'm, Hart one's good. Don't want to watch anymore. It's all very depressing. It's all super sad. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about happy things like, w- w- Matt, your favorite DDT Pro memory from that show we went to. As of two months ago, it was seeing Joey Ryan and talking to Joey Ryan. Oh. I mean well, I am going to I'm going to be honest before these allegations came out like getting to meet him and talk to him and buy some merch from him and then seeing him in the ring was like I had seen him at all in but that like I was a huge fan. Um but I don't know if Yoshihiku was my favorite. I think the weapons match was my favorite moment overall because that was my first time I had gotten to see a DDT weapons match. I knew they existed but I mm-hmm. didn't I was never able to find one. So seeing this company's take on a hardcore match like and adding some great flavor to it mm-hmm. was probably like the best moment of the entire show how about you uh i th- i think i'm with you uh because like yeah the weapons match was incredible watching them pull out things like legos and a toilet and a bike and <clears throat> um the plastic containers which ruled mm-hmm. my ruled my world and it was like wasn't it am i remembering correctly that it was like a multiple man weapons match cuz no, i thought it was like- only two guys but there, okay. Oh, was there a was there an Iron Man Pro twenty four seven heavyweight whatever match? Because I remember Colt Cabana was on the show as well. Yeah, but Colt, of course he is. Colt's on every show, which Colt's is fine. On every show, um, but uh, but I will say the, the one thing that might top, um, the the weapons match for me is the split second that Shinsuke Nakamura impersonator walked out and we looked at each other like, is this really happening? DDT Pro was able to make us Suspend our disbelief enough to believe that WWE was sending One of their main talent roster uh, Superstars to this Weird Japanese wrestling Show for a company He hadn't been associated with Before No but, but, But in line with All the other crazy things we saw On that show it kind of made sense That this could be real Yeah yeah and then once we realized it was not I was like, "Oh, this is even better." I liked it. So we were walking out and leaving cuz after DDT was done, like I it wrapped up, we're like, well, "Let's go back to the hotel and go to sleep." Yeah. Uh as we were walking out, I almost got a picture taken with Yoshihiku and it cost $20 and I'm like, "This might be worth it." <laughs> I believe I told you you should have. I didn't. I mean, I was uh I had a lot more money to spend over that weekend. This was some, this was night one of WrestleMania This was our week. first day at WrestleMania. Wow. And we planned to go to six shows or something, and we went to... Matt, three. we planned to go to 12 shows. I'm um, No, no, that day. Oh, that six. day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we had a long yeah. list of shows we did not make it to. Um, yeah, so I, I love DDT. I wish it was more available for American audiences, even if they just kind of redub the commentary or just, I don't know, put some of the YouTube stuff in English. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the captions. So I want to know what I'm searching for. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I I love DET, and it's it really is a a promotion that helped me become a wrestling fan again. When I found out about when I found out about Yoshihiku, I was like, oh, there's this is this is for me. There's lots of different types of wrestling. This is the wrestling for me. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's good. No, I don't like hardcore. I don't like super hardcore deathmatch stuff but Same. there's people that do that's fine is it <laughs> i'm gonna go yeah uh, I'll, it's it's fine okay i'll i'll let you have this wrestling's one. for everybody man it's true it's true speaking of everybody we talked about your favorite thing now we're gonna talk about my favorite thing your favorite thing of as of like last week my well <laughs> We've talked about this. We're gonna talk about covering it for a while. Yes, my favorite thing is themed entertainment. You know this about me. Yes, it's true. Uh, I I dove deep into my obsession when we covered WWF New York. Uh, Mm -hmm. There, when I tease that we're going to one day talk about WWF Niagara Falls Mm -hmm. and maybe even the WWF Resort and Casino that almost existed. I love things that are themed. And we have a doozy this week because we're going to talk about Hulk Hogan's pasta mania. You all know Hulk Hogan. He tells you to eat your vitamins and say your prayers. He was a world champion, I think, 7,000 times. Something like that. Probably. He was in a Rocky movie. He was in in Suburban Commando. He played Santa with muscles. Um, Thunder in Paradise. Like, I could go on not going to because why the didn't most you go of, high noon at mega mountain? Oh my God. The three ninjas threequel. You mean? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not going to go into any of that because none of those are impor- as important to his career. As too. His, oh, Sorry. that's right. That might I be had to get important. out there. That might be as important as pasta mania, but everything <laughs> else pales in comparison to the time Hulk Hogan opened up a quick service pasta restaurant at the mall of America, Matt, we're going to go back to 1995. Do you know what happened in 1995? I had my 13th birthday. That's really cool. Also in 1995, WCW Monday Nitro premiered. Oh yeah. At and the Mall of America. At the Mall of America. Now, here's, you, go ahead. Do you do you remember I think this was like 2 years ago when I went to the mall of America for the first time. And the first thing I did was try to find where they filmed the episode of nitro by comparing shots of escalators. Uh-huh. The first thing I sent I, you messages about yep. it. The first thing I did on my first trip to the mall of America, I did the same exact thing because <laughs> we're nerds. Yeah. One hundred percent. So it's 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 1995, the debut episode of Monday Nitro at the mall of America. Also the opening day of a new quick service restaurant Hulk Hogan's pasta mania it's wonderful in how terrible every single facet of this is first we have to remember uh, at this point Hulk Hogan is WCW world champion Mm -hmm. he is set to face on the first episode of Nitro our best friend Big Bubba Rogers the big boss man in the main event with the title on the line, because this is what WCW was in 1995. And also Dungeon of Doom. Oh, my God. This is yeah. the same time. Jeez. So to prep, Hulk Hogan goes to Pasta Mania. This is a real restaurant you could visit starting that day. He goes to Pasta Mania. He's like swamped by children who are screaming. And Eric Bischoff comes over to interview him about his match. Hulk Hogan says he's going to beat Bubba Rogers. How? How? Not with his muscles, not with the vitamins and the prayers. No, he says, with pasta mania running through my brain. Who's (laughs) gonna be Big Bubba tonight, Hulkamaniacs, and the kids all scream Hulk Hogan. It's magical. And Chris, yes. Here's the thing, and I I hate to stop you. Go ahead. What is the connection to Hulk Hogan and pasta? Oh, or as the Canadians say, pasta. Oh, Matt, interesting that you would wonder that because the connection is evidently in the mind of Hulk Hogan, pasta gives you big muscles and makes you super energized, As he explained on stage to a packed audience later in the day with Eric Bischoff and Macho Man Randy Savage at his side. I don't I don't get the connection. Well, I mean, the, the real connection is someone was like, hey, Hogan, we'll give you some money if you want to make a pasta restaurant. And he said, yeah, brother, who's the idiot that thought a pasta restaurant? I'm sorry. A fast food pasta restaurant would be good. Not and it's not even a restaurant. Honestly, it's a counter that yeah. you walk <laughs> up to. It's a fast, <laughs> it's food, a fast food pasta counter. Uh, I'll I, take uh, the spaghetti. I don't see. this is the thing. Well, hold on to your hat. We'll God, get, we'll, sorry, we'll I'm get jumping way oh, too far. Ahead. We will get to the menu, my friend. Uh, so the grand opening is not only Hogan appearing at the, the stall itself, mm-hmm. um, but also across from the stall is a massive stage setup where Hulk, Macho and Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, of course, are going to be signing autographs, talking to the crowd and whatnot. On the stage, it's the most ridiculous Hulk Hogan thing ever. The stage is decorated with a giant bowl of spaghetti and a giant American flag, and red and blue, red and yellow balloons everywhere. It's insane because there's nothing more American than a giant bowl of spaghetti. Uh huh. When Hulk Hogan walks out to greet the crowd for the first time. Hulksters in the house is playing from his album, Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band. I don't know if you know this song, the Hulksters in the house. Nah, 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 check it out. Check it out. Like that's the song. Wow. And that's what's playing. That's what's blaring through the mall of America. As Hulk Hogan walks onto a stage to tell parents to stuff their kids full of pasta. (sighs) I, I just, I like, I have so many weird, not weird comments. Uh, hulk hogan yes is a pop culture icon I, oh. i'd say his 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 popularity is waning at this time before right before nwo that's you right know, kind of, he, it's waning at this time which is why he is wcw world champion for some reason and uh, opening a pasta restaurant but like if you're going to open a restaurant like you're all american guy like why don't hamburger hot dog i mean like that's what's more american than hamburger hot dog I mean, (laughs) that would be great. I wouldn't want to eat at a place called Hogan's Wieners, though. (laughs) Not going to happen. Burger mania. Oh, burger mania is running wild. Yeah. I'm into that. It doesn't matter, Matt. He opened a pasta restaurant and then he got on stage and called pasta mania a quote. I quote quick and healthy meal. He called it a quick and healthy meal, and then he says at Pasta Mania, you'll eat. The, you get, it's it's super quick. You eat the pasta, and it gives you energy to push your shopping cart around, and then you'll be able to lift up more merchandise off the shelves, and kids will be able to like carry more toys. And quote, then when you get real tired, you gotta stop one more time at Pasta Mania before you go to the parking lot. Chris, has this Ding Dong ever been to Mall of America? You don't walk around with a shopping cart. It's a mall. <laughs> I don't think he has he thinks that's a, it's a yeah. malls don't have shopping carts I don't know I don't know if he was like maybe they're in the JCPenney or something connected but JCPenney doesn't have shopping carts either I don't know what's wrong with Hogan he's a crazy person but Matt we know he's a crazy person he opened a pasta restaurant at the Mall of America let's let me talk tell you to, something brother let's talk about the menu Oh, please, I have not. You have told me before we started when we were like outlining this to not go over your outline area. Mm-hmm. I have not scrolled down. I am scrolling down a little right now. Do, uh, There's a do. video opening on YouTube. I'm going down a little bit more. Uh, okay, we're at the grand opening. I'm it's Chris, I'm just scrolling mm-hmm. slowly down. Quick and healthy meal. Okay. S- stop, and then, uh, stop it. Shaped like Hulk Hogan. I, it stopped right now at the bottom of the page it says the menu, though. Oh, the <laughs> menu though. All right. So it's a mall kiosk that serves crappy pasta. So obviously it's not a big menu, but we're going to go over it because some of it's amazing. And some of it's very questionable. Uh, the, 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 the main part of the menu is what they call mix and match pasta. You're given five pasta options. It's spaghetti. It's fettuccine. It's angel <laughs> hair, so stupid. It's, it's like penne, I think. And one other one, but then you're also given five sauce options. You're, you can choose marinara, ooh, Alfredo, gross, pesto, okay, garlic and oil, all right. Or Matt, what would you? What kind of sauce would you expect at the Hulk Hogan restaurant? Oh, um, uh, vitamins. No, white clam sauce. Oh. You know what's better than mall white clam sauce at the Hulk Hogan Pasta Mania restaurant? Literally anything. <laughs> I was going to say licking the floor. Like, seriously, dump barbecue sauce on the noodles, and I feel like I'm in better shape. White clam sauce from the mall pos- pasta joint? Come on. But anyway, we don't care about that, because what we care about is the main event specials menu, Matt. I'm I'm in. That's where you can get Hulk's Power Pasta. Hulk's power pasta is just penne, chicken, and vegetables, plus the sauce of your choice. Whoa, 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 so, in whoa, 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 theory. Whoa, whoa. Back, Chris, okay. back this train up. Yes, What sir? are the vegetables that you're putting oh, on the pasta? They don't say. <laughs> it's, well, okay, whatever. But, but, but you do get the sauce of your choice. So, if you want some of that hot, hot white clam sauce, <laughs> it's going to be, I'm sure it's fresh, made that day in-house. No doubt <laughs> the they... The freshest clams. The freshest from clams in Minnesota. Yeah. The freshest Minnesota clams you'll ever find. Uh, also on the main event specials menu, chicken marinara and fettuccine primavera. I feel like they're just matching up words <laughs> and not really paying attention. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, though. They're making the same mistake WWF New York did. There's not enough themed menu items. Not at all. However... There's the little pasta maniacs menu. That's what it's called. It's not called the kids menu. It says little pasta maniacs on the menu. The menu might I add, which is hand drawn. (laughs) It is a hand drawn menu Uh, on the little pasta maniacs menu. You can buy Hulkaroni and cheese. I'm in. Okay. You can buy cheeseburger pasta or you can buy Hulkios, which are SpaghettiOs, but it's shaped like Hulk Hogan. Okay. Chris, this is the dumbest thing. Matt, surely this caught on huge and is now in every mall in America, right? I feel like for some reason, the way you're talking about this is that you were an executive at pasta mania and you're really trying to sell me on it. And I'm going to be honest. It's not going well for you. <laughs> oh, bummer. Oh, that's unfortunate because you know what I forgot to talk about. What? My f- other favorite part of the menu, the Hulkster's International Pasta Favorites. <sighs> okay, that's what it's listed as: Hulkster's favorite international pastas, where you could buy Swedish meatballs, beef stroganoff, or something called pasta mexicana. Um, is that a thing? And turkey tetrazzini. I, I will say mm-hmm. um, my wife does make Mexican pasta. Uh, what does she call it? Does uh, she call it we, pasta Mexicana? She says, no, just like, you want noodles? That would have been great on the, on the international menu. It you want just noodles? Said noodles. <laughs> it's a picture of my wife and it says, you want noodles? I just love that these are labeled Hulkster's favorite international pastas. Pasta in itself is an international dish. It's it's like it's Italian. It, like it's Italian. The whole menu could be Hulkster's favorite international pastas. Anyway, I I digress. As we know, uh Pasta Mania became uh the most infamous and famous both. Uh pasta quick service chain on the planet they are now in every market in every mall in every country i'm kidding matt would you believe pot the one and only pasta mania went out of business in less than a year i'm surprised that they didn't try to franchise it i i'm willing to bet they tried if they didn't try i'd be shocked here's again i i don't know if i've made this point but it's 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 hurting my brain mm-hmm. no Pasta is not quick and easy. Like, yes, it's there. It exists. But like it takes longer to eat it. Uh, Also, like I know kids like spaghetti. Um, It's not fun. Kids food. Finger food is kids food. Yeah. But Matt, it's shaped like Hulk Hogan. No one cares. Oh, finger food. They you could also get a side of garlic bread. (laughs) That's better. I mean, and a dipping cup of marinara sauce for an extra charge. This is the second time you've brought you've you've made a segment and I have uh gotten gotten angri- angry. logically angry. Yes. Just I am I am mad of this is cuz I've seen the picture of Pasta Mania which is very funny of Hulk just like oh, spaghetti. Uh and it always makes me laugh. Manja, like, brother. brother. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking about like the hype that went on in, for this and then there was the wrestling match like I'm just. Honest to God, no, seriously. I I implore everyone who hears this episode, go to YouTube, type in "Pasta Mania Opening" and watch the video WCW produced, which talks about legit a pasta eating contest between Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage that is not shown. I'm very disappointed. (laughs) I did watch most of that video. Very disappointed. Um, The video is incredible, but Matt, the reason I asked you not to look at the outline is because of something that happened years later. Okay years later some i can only assume true pasta maniacs they located the awning marquee from the stall at the mall and what did they do you ask they attached it to an abandoned building in minneapolis and if you scroll down we'll put this on twitter i need you to see the pasta Mania banner attached to an abandoned building in minnesota This is the reaction I was hoping for. Oh my god!
1: Oh, hope I didn't wake up my
0: kid. It's, the whole <laughs> like so parts scary. of it are parts of it are spray painted out. Like it's faded and ugly, and it's attached to an abandoned building in Minnesota. Uh, oh man! I I am I, I, sorry that I have to note this. It is no longer attached to that building. It fell oh. down. <laughs> it fell down. I found on the that internet. should have been made into a landmark. Uh, What I did find was I got, I'll look for it to send to you. I found the after photo of it having fallen down. It's just sitting on the ground next to the building. (sighs) It's pasta mania is magical. It like WWF New York. It is a thing that I regret. I never got to experience firsthand Mm -hmm. because uh, these are the things I choose to obsess over in my weird, weird life. And holy cow. just. This is one of, and we're going to talk about more. But this is one of so many questionable Hulk Hogan business decisions. Yes, it is. Uh, I will. He, does be, he own that surf shop down in St. Petersburg? I believe he either owns it or has licensed out for it. Okay. He is involved. Um, I will, but I will. Oh, cl- sorry, Clearwater. I believe Clearwater, it's Clearwater. Yeah. Where I'm going this weekend? Oh my God, we should drive. That's by. where my family's from. Oh, that's the home well, of Scientology. That's where they lived I when they think. retired. Aww. Um, I'll leave you with this. This wasn't Hogan's only foray foray into Italian food. Pizza mania. Uh, no, uh, you all might know you, you might've heard the urban legend at one point or another that Hulk Hogan was offered the George Foreman lean, mean fat reducing grilling machine before George Foreman and turned it down like the smart businessman he is. Uh, but do you know what he opted for instead of that machine? Pretty much the same thing, but with his name on it? Nope. Before oh. that, he opted to have, he, he he gave up the George Foreman grill to make Hulk Hogan Meatball Maker. That's right. His, he is obsessed with Italian food, with mediocre Italian food, and I Not can't any, handle um, it. It's like, it's like he's obsessed with American versions of Italian <laughs> yes. food. He's obsessed with the kind of Italian food you would, no joke, find at a mall. It's like saying, like, anybody's like, man, orange chicken's the best Chinese food. Uh, well, hold up there, buddy. <laughs> if if someone told me, do you know how Hulk Hogan still has money? He owns so many Sabaros. I'd be like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> That, yeah, makes, that sense makes sense to me. To me. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Pasta Mania was a real thing. I'm so glad it existed. I... I, I sent these to you, Matt. I found, I, I use a website called TeePublic a lot because I like silly t-shirts. Yes. Someone has made Pasta Mania t-shirts, and I'm going to buy one. I'm okay. just going to buy one. And I think you should buy one as well. Are we should, someone should make t-shirts of us. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Like with the, with, But we have to, we need to have our own restaurant. I think that's where we start first. I would, I'd like. I would like to eventually build to us having a ride. What if it's like Wrestle Bubblies and we have bubble tea? Ooh, Wrestle Bubbly, Wrestle Bubblies. Well, we get sued by Chris Jericho. Oh wait, yeah, he, oh, might, so own, yeah. he might own the word bubbly by now. He, Wrestle Bub, Bubblies. yeah, oh, man. Wrestle Bubblies is really good though. It's bubble tea. Yeah. Well, I tried. I, I still want a T-shirt though. Anyway, yeah, that was Pasta Mania. Uh, uh, Pasta Mania, rest in peace. Nineteen ninety-five to nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for that. Now let's let's getting let's get a little embarrassing. This show runs longer and longer every week. I just uh-huh. noticed. Hey, Matt. Yeah. <sighs> I have a Gangrel gang update. Gang <laughs> <laughs> Gangrel, watch you guys. Um, did not. Hey, everybody! I know. I just want to do my intro. Nope, Hold go on. Ahead. Hey, go everybody. Ahead. everybody! It's your favorite segment, Gangrel Watch. We keep up with what Vampire Warrior Gangrel is up to. Chris, go ahead. Here's the thing. I did not tell Matt we were doing this. It is not on the outline. I just happen to, as always, have uh, Gangrel's Twitter account open on my computer. As you should. Uh, And there are uh, two tweets I'd like to make note of. The first... You're not going to read the one from the other day where it's another 40 hashtags, are you? uh, That might be one of them. Uh, The first... (laughs) The first uh, came on June 28th. Gangrel posted a picture of himself with a woman who I am believing is Susan Nelson and wrote no problems, only solutions. Susan Nelson to the shirt rescue time to eat. And thank you, my love, which that makes me happy. I hope they're in love. They look happy in this photo. They're at what looks like a bar.
1: Uh, it looks like, it looked like a, a,
0: a Clearwater beach, like restaurant bar. Oh my God. I'm going there. This week, like I mean, like week. all the restaurants there look like that, though. Oh, cool. OK, so, yeah, thank um, thank you, Susan Nelson, for helping out Gangrel in whatever way you did. It is important to us that he gets what he wants. Then on June, well, 29th reason I don't oh, want him drinking yeah, yeah. blood. Well, sure. But I don't think Gangrel would want to do that, Matt. He's a then, vampire. then on June 29th, he posted a wrestling class photo. He, the, here's why this one's important. The first time we read a Gangrel wrestling class photo with mm-hmm. a bunch of hashtags, we noted that he was the one not wearing a mask. And yes, we believe that was because he is a he is a noted vampire warrior professional wrestler. Yes. And not just a mere hu- dumb human pro wrestler. Yes. So maybe COVID doesn't affect him. However, in the new photo, he is wearing a mask. And that makes me wonder, are vampires susceptible to COVID? More importantly, is he listening to our show? Ooh, I hope so. Regardless, the tweet reads, One more hashtag Monster Monday in the books at the Asylum. Hashtag Pro Wrestling. Hashtag Want Some. Hashtag Get Some. Hashtag Bad Enough. Hashtag Take Some. Hashtag All In 24-7. Hashtag Not Just an Attitude. Hashtag It's a Lifestyle. Hashtag Hard Work Pays Off. At GWAFlorida. Hashtag future superstars. Hashtag can't stop. Hashtag won't stop. Hashtag fanging and bangin'. Hashtag gangrails wrestling asylum. When you use that many hashtags, mm-hmm. are you trying to be funny or is this like serious? That's my main question. I think his goal was to engage several different communities within Twitter uh-oh. I don't know if it worked. This tweet has two retweets and three likes. Um, okay. But I'll say this. The, the the tweet directed at Susan. Susan Nelson, our new hero, yeah. has two retweets, 12 likes, and 11 replies. Ooh. That is fanging and banging, my friend. This has been your Gangrel Watch Update. I almost um, <laughs> thought about pulling that on you, another Gangrel watch this week. But I was like, no, we can't do our Gangrel watch. Like, he's not really up to much. Gangrel watch is the only segment on this show I actually care about, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm now obsessed with knowing what Gangrel is up to on any given week. Hey, we're going to talk about our most embarrassing wrestling stories. But when I say wrestling, I mean times that we talk to a wrestler. Chris, when you work in a field like uh, journalism for entertainment upon on occasion, you are going to be uh, talking to professional wrestlers. If you cover professional wrestling, it's true. Uh, Even if you honestly, sometimes if you don't cover professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. It happens more than you think. Um, and, And sometimes you'll have embarrassing stories and not just like the time when Chris and I were in Las Vegas and interviewed Becky Lynch And I said out loud, my wife's going to be so jealous. And one of the PR people said, get a picture with her to make your wife more jealous. And I said, no, uh, my wife's a big fan. It's not like some weird like attraction thing. Uh, And I felt weird, but uh, that was uh, more embarrassing than that. That was weird. It was weird because I I really did mean it. Like my wife's a big fan. she'll just be jealous I met Becky Lynch. And the PR person kind of made it seem like I had a crush on Becky Lynch. I was like, no, like. No, I don't. I just, uh, you put me in an awkward position. That's okay. When we ended up, do, when the three of us ended up taking a photo together, uh, she turned towards you and away from me. So <laughs> what can we do? And we took a picture with Adam Cole. Big old hug to me. Pushed you away. That didn't happen. Yep. Tyler Breeze. I had, I, I had just talked to Adam Cole at I the know. performance center. Adam Cole, a guy within a two month period together, I think we interviewed like seven nine or eight times. times. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We, <laughs> we talked to him like every him. every single week. We talked to this guy, um, but he's great, so it was fine. Yeah, I'll um, talk to him another ten times. But anyway, he, he's not one of. He's not an embarrassing story. Go ahead, no. Matt. Let's hit me with your first. This is actually my my very very first time interviewing a wrestler. Uh, it was San Diego Comic Con. This had to have been. Ooh, I can tell you what was happening in WWE, but not what year it was, which is kind of sad. Um, so Alberto Del Rio was in WWE at the time and uh, behind the scenes, him and Paige were dating and they were having issues with the company that what that whatever year that was. And they sent Paige to Comic-Con? Yes. Yeah, so for a. Um, oh, the Sco- Mattel thing. No, no. It was for a Scooby-Doo wrestling animated movie. Oh, my God. I forgot about that year. So I got to interview Sheamus, and Sheamus was uh, a delight—just mm-hmm. a fantastic dude. Uh, so I'm like, yay, my first wrestling interview of all time is the best thing ever." And then I got to interview Paige and I am a Page fan, as you would be if you watch WWE programming. Matt, I—I don't—I just—I the audience yeah. doesn't know this because you edit it out, but ev- midway through every single episode, you scream, "This is my house." <laughs> I do, I do, I do. And then you make us pause the recording and watch uh, fighting with my family yeah, and, and, and the movie and then the documentary Yeah, every week. It's a lot. This show takes six hours to record. I'm tired. It's legit. Nine thirty p.m. Right now. I should be in Wisconsin. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so next is Paige. Paige is looking a little. I'm the first person she's doing an interview with in this uh, this press lineup. Um, and so she looks pretty like not into it already. Um and and for those who aren't involved in journalism, um, I'm assuming there are a few of you, uh, when you do these kind of press room interviews at like Comic Con and stuff, they're um, the worst. They're they are the worst. Um and the weird these were on video, actually. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. uh round tables are the worst thing, but like they are taxing on the journalist as well as the talent. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for the talent. Like I just mentioned Becky Lynch. We were the last person she did interviews with, and you could very, very much tell she was holding it together, but she was super done with doing interviews. Yeah. And I Which, do not blame yeah, her because it had been three be. hours. Yeah. Three hours of being answering the same questions. That That's why I always want to be first not last. Who's the man in your relationship? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So um I was started to interview Paige and she looked a little like bummed out and I go, hey, it's you know it's great to meet you. I'm a fan. Like, how are you doing? She's like, uh, I don't know, I'm doing okay. Like, how are you doing? And like like jokingly, I said, like, I'm apparently doing better than you. And like I meant it and I said oh, it in man. A tone. Oh I boy. Thought, I sent it in like a very like ha tone, but like I was so nervous and it was the worst. Wow. So the interview went horribly. I'm sure you can find that somewhere online. Don't it's just, it's Do not so, want to. It's to. I'm trying so hard. I was so like I wasn't I was pretty new to being on camera too mm-hmm. for this job. Not GameSpot. This was uh, a website before Comic Vine. Or maybe it was GameSpot. I don't remember anymore. Regardless, I felt awful about it for years. It's fine. Like, honestly, red carpets are awful and Mm. uh, press rooms at Comic-Con are worse. So, like, I think you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I might be able to I might be able to top that. Okay. I've interviewed John Cena so many times. I've lost count at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Cena does a lot of press. Each time I interview each time I've interviewed John Cena, he has been nice to meet you good to see you for the first time ever, which is fine. That's, yeah. that's, that's just par for the course. Uh, I was on, I, so before I worked at Gamespot, I worked at a site that focused exclusively on television. And one day I got an email from a publicist. It was like, Hey, can you come to Washington? I live in Los Angeles. Can you come to Washington? I can't really tell you what it is at this, what for, but I'm going to call you later. And I can give you some details. Uh, and all they could tell me the details was like, John Cena is involved and that's about it. And what it was, was true grit. John Cena hosted yes. sort of a military based competition reality show. Mm-hmm. Fox literally announced that it was happening while we were on set halfway through production. <laughs> like, cause, cause we were, uh, we were at, we were at crafty, uh, craft services like having lunch and everybody started cheering because Fox had just announced like Fox had just set up the press release that true grit was a thing yeah was was it true grit? American grit American grit American grit my true grit is a movie two movies oh well, original and a remake there you go well this was American grit uh so obviously John is a host on the show he, I don't know that he was a producer he might have been um so he was very busy Uh, And the way the show is set up, there's base camp and then you have to trudge through the woods to get to the wild obstacle course thing they built. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have us hanging out base camp, which is split between a craft services tent and this old like law like cabin they were hanging Mm -hmm. out in next to the cabin is John Cena's massive bus that he's living in because like he just moved to the woods in Washington and lived on his bus. Like in the middle of the woods to for the shooting of the show. Uh, so we, long this has been a long story, my apologies. We get we finally get John at the end, end, end of the day. We get him as a group. Uh, and I I preface my question with, you know, you've you've been sort of at the top of the mountain in WWE for so long for over a day. De- I specifically this this is my exact word. You've been top of the mountain at WWE for over a decade now. What is it like being sort of at the beginning? Like doing this completely other thing, which is so removed from like the wild world of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I'd insulted him and said, It's been a bit more than a decade. It's been 13 years. Oh, come on. Semantics. (laughs) But but then but then I was like, did I say something wrong? In listening back to my recording, I said, Ben, it's you've been at the top of the mountain in WWE for over a decade. Yeah. So that I had said exact and in that moment I was like, I looked at everyone around me and they, they like the other reporters looking at me like you got I almost cursed. The other, <laughs> the, the other reporters were looking around me like you got told. And I was like, oh, I didn't do anything. So it goes on, the rest of it's fine. I I hold back from asking more questions until he brings it up again. And then he and he brings it up in a way where he's like, you know, I've been in WWE for over a decade. Like that kind of thing. He super emphasized. It It was super funny. Like it was clear that he was playing around in the moment though. Like I was so horrified into the point of like, what did I say? Like, what went? where did this go horribly wrong? Listening back? He just didn't hear me say over a decade. Uh, It's silly. I've talked to him a bunch of times since then. It's never been a situation, but that was my one moment where I was like, Oh man, did I just make John Cena mad at me? And this was the, this, and it, it, here's why it hurt, Matt. This was the day I learned about that prank phone call that was circulating on the internet of uh-huh. like John Cena, the radio guys. Yeah. So we had spent the entire lunch break before interviewing John, just listening to that on repeat over and over again, <laughs> cracking up all of the crew that was hanging out, having lunch because they hadn't heard it. And it was like, Oh, this is going to be a good day. And then John Cena gave me the, the old Smackdown. He gave me an attitude adjustment, Matt, right in the middle of the woods. Oh, Chris, I I might be able to top it for awkwardness with this with Ooh. this. My only other story, okay. I, I feel like most of my interactions with wrestlers now are very good. They they remember me now, usually if, they're, mm-hmm. if we're doing it in person, which is an amazing feeling when Xavier Woods sees you at a Comic-Con party and drunkenly hugs you. That's okay, uh, <laughs> Matt. Let's let's talk more about the time you ditched me at a Comic-Con party. That's fine. I didn't ditch you at a Comic-Con party. Oh, I have to go hang out with Drew Maverick now. Bye! It's Drake Maverick first off. What did I say? <laughs> Drew Maverick. Oh, my bad. And also, I was going to get a drink with, my, with, with Josh, my buddy Josh, and uh, Xavier showed up and gave me a hug, and then I talked to Drake Maverick all night. Yep. While I sat over uh by the smoking area thinking like where'd matt go <laughs> he said he'd be <laughs> right back if i leave am i a jerk like what if he comes back and i'm not here texting be, him nothing to be fair i had drink a lot and i'm very like social butterfly at that point i i am also a very social butterfly when i drink and i hadn't had a lot of drink because i actually wasn't feeling great that day i, re- yeah, I, just think, I like, actually had to like beg you to come out yeah. not bag, but i not big like missing i do not miss the warner brothers party but i there will be times when i do i make my appearance there very light i that's the only party i like going to but it's only because you and i hang out it's except that night when you abandoned me to hang out with xavier woods and drew maverick drake maverick i know now <laughs> i'm just again. saying it out of spite anyway this is something different um so I've been at Gamespot for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five. Oh, coming up on five years. Congratulations, and happy birthday! People, thank you. I do not cover video gaming anything really, uh, but a few years back, this is I think a couple of years before you got here, Chris, uh, they needed WWE was doing their 2K event or whatever, and no one wanted to go because uh, no one really was into wrestling. And uh, Editor-in-Chief uh, Randolph Ramsey uh, said, Hey, Matt, do you want to go do wrestling things? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, hell yeah, I want to go. Uh, so they sent us to Connecticut to the WWE archives, which I know you're jealous about, Chris. <sighs> I apologize. You know my story about the archives, Matt. I, we're not going to go over it right now. Uh, so we get to play the game, and then we get to view the, like, look around the archives and interview, like, WWE superstars. It was an amazing amazing day it's also the first day i met um first time i met michael ruiz who used to work at dual shockers you met him at the last one yep he's great michael and mario uh, really good dudes Mm -hmm. and so i'm playing the game doing testing looking around the archives whatever and we're gonna start doing interviews and i'm like okay cool and i'm kind of like on a weird like high horse in my career where like i had just been verified on twitter and uh like people were like wrestlers started following me and i was like man like so cool i feel rad or whatever so i go first to interview uh fandango and tyler breeze who if you know me like i am a huge huge tyler breeze fan since the nxt days uh and when him and fandango joined together like it's my favorite thing in the world fashion files is the best thing in the world can i share my favorite tyler breeze moment real quick yeah I was there when he fought Liger, man, and it was amazing. That's that is his best match in the company. Oh, it was so fantastic. I don't. That, that's probably a top ten match in W or in NXT easily. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I interview Fondago and Tyler Breeze, and it's kind of wrapping up, and I, I get a pretty good interview out of them. And like, I'm walking away, and I'm like, wait a minute, like Tyler Breeze follows me on Twitter. Like, I wonder why. Oh, and, no. like, no one's interviewing Tyler Breeze. So I turn around like a weird, like, fanboy dork, go up to Tyler Breeze and go, hey, man, like, why do you follow me on Twitter? Did you seriously ask him that? I seriously did. <laughs> now, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what did he say? He looks at me, he's like, well, he's like, Matt, you're verified on Twitter, right? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I just follow, like, verified, like, journalists and, like. People that are into wrestling I'm like, oh, OK, and I just walked away. <laughs> I felt like so defeated. I was like, oh, man, maybe he actually like ranks my work. <laughs> nope. nope. Got that check mark, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've in GameSpot, we've worked with uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango a few times. Like, I produced a, a video segment for them um, a while back where they came to the office and played WWE 2K18 or whatever. And had. yep. They had to fight my creator wrestler. <laughs> uh, Greg Thomas produced that with me. Mm-hmm. That was a kind of a cool moment. Um, I would Fandango, like to, here's, I would here's, Go ahead. I was gonna say, here's a, here's kind of a fun, weird little small follow-up, but uh fandango's secretly the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he can like sent me a private congratulations after my wife had, uh, we had our kid, which I thought was very, Aww. very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, is, yeah. That, is that, is that the end of your. I get weird around Tyler Breeze for some reason. I've talked to him so many times. Meanwhile, I I feel like I'm an honorary member of his left-right, left-right internet video game game. You are, yeah. Because because Woods wouldn't stop talking about me on Battle of the Brands for a month. Yeah. Because I wrote about how great Tyler Breeze is at GM mode uh, in a GameSpot article. And I stand by that. Here's another quick weird thing about um, how I keep nerding out on Talibrez and can't be a real human. Um, so I was kind of working on a piece for Gamespot about like it never came to fruition, but wrestlers that have Animal Crossing and what they name their islands. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just getting info from people. I talked to Adam Cole a couple times about it. Um, what is this island? Uh, Chugs something. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I messaged Tyler Breeze about it on Twitter because he still follows me for some reason and Not <laughs> I, anymore. No, he still does. Uh, and I was like, hey, man, what's your uh, Animal Crossing Island? I uh, just want to know. I'm uh, working on a piece for GameSpot. He's like, oh, I'm not really playing it. Like, I just don't really have time right now. And I was like, OK, thanks. And then I wrote like a really long message about how like better watch out, man. It's a real time suck. I'm like, Matt, just stop. He's not your friend. Stop you, trying to be his friend. <laughs> did you, you didn't send it, right? Oh, I sent it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt. You're going to be banned (laughs) from future WWE events. It's not even anything. I'm just saying like very conversational things. But like when I read it back, like I'm the dumbest fanboy. Like we're Mm -hmm. not buddies. Stop talking to him like you are. (laughs) Uh, This is an embarrassing story. But can I tell you about like the wrestler? I feel like I was most wrong about in terms of an interview. Yeah. Uh, Last year when NXT moved to USA, Uh, I went to the performance center for, to get a tour and talk to people and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And on the list of people I was supposed to talk to was none other than Shayna Baszler. I was terrified in my mind. Like I've watched Shayna on TV a bunch. And in my mind, I was like, this is not going to be a good, this isn't going to be good for print. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be a good interview in general. Like I just, I don't know the direction to take on this. She was the best, most talkative, nicest, coolest person on the planet. She rules. She loved NXT. She loved like all the people she's getting. She loved wrestling. She's also a huge dork, like a nerd. You know, like she's such a nice human being. It's so great. Great interview too. Uh, That is also the day I learned that while Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era prefers the Velcro title belts. Yes, Adam Cole is a dyed-in-the-wool snap buttons man. He wants he wants those buttons on his title belts. Yeah. Hey um, Matt. Let, hey, let's get questions do, this week. Do I, Matt, do I hear something? Is it the end of the show? Because we cannot do questions. The show's running way too. No, long. we're 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 way too over. We'll get to questions next week. Uh, Jesus, start playing the theme song. Um, because it's not playing now. Okay, right, uh, hold on. Let me, let me just let me just will the theme song into existence. All right, there we go. All right, follow us, at WrestleBuddies on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Chris Hainer on Twitter and Instagram. Matt? I'm Matt Elfring. uh, I am M-A-T-E-L-F-R-I-N-G. Well, you know what I like about this episode, Chris, even though we're recording right now? This is, this, the latter half of this really just became, like, the reason we started this show. Like, it's just you and I our work conversations as a podcast. Yep, just talking about wrestling. Just talking about wrestling. Uh, hit us hey, on the email. Go ahead. I was going to say, if, if you're want if you looking for a wrestling show, I'm going to promote another show. Watch this. Oh, boy. If you're looking for a wrestling show that does like week-by-week week commentary, uh, Matt Fowler and Eric Goldman's We Love Wrestling. Uh, I don't think that's a real podcast and I refuse to acknowledge their existence. <laughs> Moving on. You can find <laughs> us on the email at at gamespot.com. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Goldman and Fowler rule... Uh, I've known the both of them for a very long time. Uh, yeah. Fowler, I was in New York for a WWE event, and me and Fowler just, like, wandered New York City looking for a grilled cheese sandwich one time. It was great. We did that in Vegas. Uh, you, Oh, and Fowler oh, just that's walked in right. Vegas. And we ended up at, like, some weird, very oddly expensive Irish restaurant. Yes. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, so we'll be back next week. We have more silly things to talk about. Pasta Mania will continue to run wild. And as we all know, RoboCop is a member of Aces and Eights.